Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. And just coming and being a part. So tonight is worship night, but we're going to do something a little bit different, okay? We are not going to just jump right into worship. We are first going to have our worship leader... Ellen Navarro is going to be releasing a little bit on worship. So, Legacy Builders, our family, uh, our family home church that we do, we have been. I'm trying to stand in a good place. Am I good? Yeah. Um, so we have had the privilege of having Ellen come, and I we were totally set up. So we let me just share a little bit about what we were thinking when we first started practicing worship nights. So we thought, okay, the kit, this is horrible. Are you ready? It's horrible. Get ready. We were like, so the kids kind of don't get it, like how to worship. So we're going to have a practice where we have music and we teach the kids how to worship. And then you always like, actually the kids totally get it. It's the adults who don't. And so I'm going to flip the script on you. And so the next three, we lined it up. We were like the Wednesday before worship night, we're going to get together at Legacy Builders and practice. And the last three months have literally, it's, you know, every other week we do adults and then family, just adults, then family. Well, he's lined it up where it's just adults being at Legacy Builders on these nights because he wanted us to be able to have some things dealt with in our hearts when it comes to worship. Because to me, in my mindset of, I need to teach the kids because they really don't get it. I'm the one who doesn't get it. I thought, I know exactly what my kids are agreeing with me. They're like, amen. <laughs> like, I have this mentality set up in my, I'm already, I know what I'm doing. I know how he wants to be praised. I know exactly how to position my hands, when to close my eyes, when to sing loud, when to sit down, when I'm allowed to check out, when I tune in, right? Like I've got my list of how to worship. I know exactly. I show up at the church on worship night. I mean, we have gone through a process as a family. Worship used to be, we had to have it torn down. Wasn't it a space filler at one point where it was like, that's where I can kind of get there maybe 15 to 20 minutes late. You know, when you show up at the movies, because there's three three or four previews in, in, in the beginning. And so, you know, you can kind of get there late. Were we not at a point where worship was that filler, the previews, and then we were going to get to the part we really wanted. He began to tear all of that down in that season of just cutting things out of our lives, out of our hearts. And part of what I inherited growing up in religion was I knew all the boxes to check. I knew what a worship service looked like. I knew how many songs there should be. I knew, like, I knew what the worship team should sound like. Is anybody with me on that? Because everybody's staring like, I, that's not anything I struggle with. I was alone in that. <laughs> that thought was all, I knew how it should be played out. I grew up in church. I knew what it should look like. And he began to tear those things down. The generational ideas of who he was and how he showed up began to be torn down in me, right? Like, do you know the old mindset of on the way to church, we all have to get along. I can't flip anyone off at a red light just because I'm angry. Like I'm on my way to church. And because if I were to get angry, then he might not show up as well as he would if I just came totally like good heart and all the kids look beautiful and we're all getting along, right? That's 
shows up. And that's when we have a really good worship service. That was what was my mentality. I know how to perform for him so that he'll meet me where I'm at. Anybody else had that? I know how to get to a church service looking right, having my outer appearance totally in line. And that's when he would show up. That's when it would be a really good one. That's when I could, you know, I tapped into the emotion. I could cry and let it all out. And then I could go into my Monday and start all over until I got back to Sunday and did the whole routine all over again. And he came and smashed those mindsets that I had partnered with that were generationally handed down to me of here's how you do church. Here's what God looks like. Here's how he shows up. Here's how you need to perform for him in order for him to show up. And he began to tear those things down. It wasn't, it it no longer became his presence dependent on what I did anymore. And so um, today, actually, I was just diving into this. I just heard today. And it was just something so cool that kind of just clicked something in my head and made sense in my heart. So in the garden, when Adam messed up, did Yahweh disappear? Adam hid. And Yahweh's like, Adam, where are you? He wasn't like, until you get yourself together, my presence is over here. I'm going to wait right here. You go get pretty. Come back to me, right? He went searching for him. He was like, wait a second. I didn't realize we were disconnected. I didn't know we were going to stop talking. I didn't realize we weren't going to be walking in the cool of the day together today. That was what you decided. That was a mindset you partnered with. And so it just kind of hit me like he, he doesn't have that capability to just leave me alone. He can't not be with me. His presence can't not be there all the time. So as he's torn down those mindsets in me of it's about coming to a church building, it's about a service, it's about a certain amount of songs, he's begun to show up in my life in a butterfly or maybe on the way to church when I'm running late and he's like, just slow down for a moment. Let's just have some time together. Like it's it's when I'm anxious and I'm feeling, you know, I'm, I'm running late. You can't be with me unless I'm there on time. And he's like, let me just have some time with you while we're driving. It's in everything that he's wanting us to encounter him in a place of worship that it would so flow from our heart all the time that it would be a constant communion with him, a constant connection with him, a constant face-to-face with him where it's not about the way I perform, but he's just always there. And when I decide to pull away a little and I'm going to step over here because I feel like I've done something wrong, he's like, Missy, where are you? I didn't know we weren't going to walk together. And it's that just quick, okay, that's right. I, 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 I let something else bother me for a moment. I let religion tell me that I needed to just step away from you for a moment. So I bring all that up to say there are the past three months Ellen has been releasing at Legacy Builders and it has been tearing down the the generational mindsets that were passed to me. I mean, the way I have thought things are supposed to be. She comes in and she says something and I'm like, well, I, I have to reconcile that against what I was fathered with. I have to reconcile that against what religion told me he is. What religion told me I should act like. What religion told me I should believe. And so in that reconciling and having to really um, just change the way I think of worship, I, I just... I, I think we just really, we have an honor tonight of having Ellen come and pour that out. Like a, a real specific directed um, releasing on worship. On the first 
it should be with him. Like with what he has for us, we get to align that with him. So, um, so we get that honor tonight. I just, I just want to pray before we move into this, if you guys don't mind. Let's just take a second and just, while Ellen's coming up here, I just want to, I just want to thank you, Yahweh, that you are so good to us that you would come and remind us that you didn't step away. Remind us that you didn't remove your presence. That you would remind us that where we are, you, that you are there also. That the things that we've known of you are no longer a way to encounter you. That those things of the old have to be torn down in order to see you in a new way. In order to encounter you in a new way. In order to engage with you in a new way. Not that it's a new thing. This is the way you've been doing things from the beginning of time. But I get to tap into that tonight. As a family, we get to tap into that. And that is permeating the airwaves. Even through something like social media, that's permeating the airwaves of how to tear down a structure of old, a structure of who I thought he was, of what religion taught us he is, and learn something brand new. So Yahweh, we just make way in our own mentality. We submit the thoughts of old to align our vision with what you, with what who you really are. And we submit that to you tonight. We thank you for a brand new mentality moving forward. That today our vision is aligned with you. And that in one aspect of knowing you is through that worship. That one aspect of tapping into you is through worship. And tonight you're going to, we just, we give you permission to smash our old mindsets and bring something new. Completely uproot and, and, and destruct our old mindset so that you can construct and build something new and we give you permission to do that tonight in Yeshua's name. Amen. That was good. No pressure. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that I can release in a releasing atmosphere and not get bogged down in like teaching. Uh, so you, meaning you are free to stand, to to already start engaging because we are in a worship night and this is not a teaching night and not a, um, a family night or, you know, in different atmospheres that there is a, I mean, his presence is definitely here and there's a frequency in this house that's uh, different than what you feel when you come in a teaching setting. And uh, what that means is a lot of times, um, or as I am hoping, I can release from what's within me and not, uh, and you're going to catch it by the spirit. And it's not going to have to be something that you um, intellectually understand, but that it can just start. Uh, my declaration or my prayer over tonight has been that our, that things would just break off of our mindsets and break off on how we see things, how we perceive him, how we perceive uh, all, I mean, everything Missy's hitting on uh, church and interacting with him in a corporate setting um, because he's doing a new thing and he is bringing a new era to his bride that is not like what we have for those of us who have grown up in church, that this, what he is doing now is different. And um, so my declaration in this atmosphere, as Missy's releasing, as I'm releasing, as the team is playing, that things
things are, are going to just fall off, that mindsets are just going to get snapped into alignment, that the way that we see is going to get clear. Um, so, but I do want to share a couple things, which uh, I appreciate the opportunity to just talk about worship. Uh, worship is kind of like, well, <laughs> um, there's an expectation that you should just know what you're doing. And that this is, everybody does this. And we don't, meaning we don't necessarily talk about it a lot. It's something that is part of services and it might be mentioned, but we don't really talk about it. And uh, so I appreciate the opportunity to just um, release a little bit about what worship is and what it is for our family. We are going from, um, we're transitioning eras. You've heard Apostle Tanya talk about the church age and that we are transitionaries, that we are transitioning, and that's just kind of a term that we've come up with, that we're transitioning into a new era. And what that means or what that is referring to is for the last 2,000 years, we have been in the messianic era, meaning Yeshua came, right? Salvation, cross. He, he saved your soul, right? He tore the veil. He was the, the ultimate sacrifice. Up until that point, they were ma making sacrifices with blood, with animals, every single year to atone for their sins, to be able to have access to Yahweh, to um, be able to keep, be kept safe. Every single year, they had to make a sacrifice. Yeshua comes, and he is the ultimate sacrifice that ends all sacrifices. They don't ever have to make another sacrifice again. That was enough. So we have spent the last 2,000 years realizing that that was enough. That the price that he paid was enough. That the veil tore, meaning... Right Before Yeshua, there was one house, one temple, one room, one building that held his presence. That was it. One room. It was not in our hearts. It was not everywhere. Of course, he manifested his presence. Of course, people had visions and dreamed dreams. But as far as the manifested presence of Yahweh, it was in one room on the earth. Yeshua came, tore the veil, and now you are that room. You are the Holy of Holies. It's in you now. It is not just in one place that you have to get to. We talked about this a lot at Legacy Builders. It is not something that you have to work to get to. Before, they would have to travel hundreds of miles, potentially thousands of miles to get to one place to be able to engage or be able to offer a sacrifice. Now, we don't have to do that because his presence is in us, right? You don't have to work to get there. You don't have to um, prove yourself. You don't have to prove that his blood was enough. You already are clean. You don't have to prove that everything Missy just hit on. You don't have to um, uh, get yourself clean. You don't have to behave, like, behave right, get it right. You don't have to have it all together. You, that it's already done. That the completed work of the cross was enough. That that was enough. That was enough for today. That was enough for this morning. That was enough for last week. That was enough for my thoughts that get out of order. That that it's that that was enough. So we have spent two thousand years literally just understanding that that Yeshua described himself as the door. So all we have known so far of him is a door. 
that he is the entry point, that he tore the veil. So we are now transitioning into a new time and a new era where that the, that the work is completed and now we're going to do something with that work that there is that there is more to cross over into that there is more that he has um i want to just just speak on a couple things and and Missy did a great job in describing a lot of it but I want to just add too that it, an era the church era is what we've described it as a lot will teach us that you have to get to him and that you're not just you don't just wake up in the morning and he's there you have to prove it that you have to prove right that you have to we talked a lot just this past Wednesday about signs and how Yahweh all the way through from the beginning of time used signs, outward signs to prove his commitment, to prove his covenant, to prove his love and his dedication. I mean, going from the rainbow to the Sabbath to to circumcision to uh, uh, liberating them from Egypt. I mean, he used sign after sign after sign after sign to show us to show his people that his love was real and that his heart for you is just to be close. Circumcision is just so there's not a veil, so that you're set apart, so that the whole world knows that you're mine. Excuse me, that you're mine. And Yeshua was, was the ultimate sign of his dedication and the ultimate sign of his determination to be close. That, that bottom line, all that this is about is just intimacy with him. The reason that he even put the temple on in the, in the midst of the camp was he said, I just want to dwell with them. I just want to be close. I just want to be in their midst. He didn't stay on a mountain. He didn't stay up far away. He didn't talk only to Moses, but he said, I want to be with them, leading all the way to Yeshua, where he was the ultimate one to bring proof that this is proof that my blood is enough, that this proves that my heart for you is good. This proves that that all that I am is good for you, that, that all that I want is to be close, that I would give my only son, right? That I would give my only son so that we can be close, so that we can be intimate. Well, what we are having to unlearn is that we no longer have to get to him, that we don't have to work for his good graces. We don't have to work to prove that we that, that we don't need any more signs that he loves you. That And he does not need any more signs that you love him. That that ended with Yeshua and he 
worship from a place of thank you for saving me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you for restoring my marriage. Thank you for healing me, right? Like it's out of, it's out of the overflow of her forgiven soul that we pour out praise, that we, that we uh, get emotional or get excited, all good things. But the, the transition and <clears throat> where we are in this house is that we are moving beyond just responding from our soul. And, and just responding from that place of understanding. Meaning I can praise and worship him because I understand how good he is because we're still married. I can understand his goodness in my son's alive. I can understand his goodness in like, so I can praise from that place. The transition that we are in now as and we have been in which is cool that we're talking about it is that we are worshiping from a place of not understanding and that we're engaging him from a place that we don't know and that we haven't been. Um, that when we worship, that we are creating an atmosphere for him, that it's becoming a place of, you guys know the law of attraction things that are like each other will attract to one another. Well, that is real even in the spirit. That's real in our lives. If you're irritable, you're going to attract things that are irritating. <laughs> that's a re- that's that is a real aspect of life and now we're learning how to worship and create an environment and get on the right frequency and engage in a way that's beyond my understand. I don't understand how me tuning into a frequency changes things, but I feel it. And we know it. You know, when you're like, I've been watching way too much of this show because it is making me feel gross. Right. I know like that feeling of, I've just been engaging in this frequency of maybe a certain person or a certain environment or a certain place. And it's like, I don't, that doesn't feel right anymore. Well, if my spirit understands frequency and being engaged, then we were created to engage him. I want to, Missy last week broke down blessing and I want to break down worship because it's actually kind of annoying in the word of worship literally means to bow down everywhere. <laughs> like that is the definition. There's not really, and, and I've really struggled with that because it's like, well, how? there's got to be more. There's got to be more than like, all right, well, I guess once a week I'll just bow down. <laughs> there's got to be more to my um, engaging in worship. So I broke down the actual word and this is what it means. Why don't, is it all right if we all stand? Um, actually, before I get to the definition, I just want to speak to something else. You can sit or stand, sorry. <laughs> um, but in speaking on what we do not know, what we perceive or, or what we are willing to perceive is the position that we will worship from. So this month and, and 
for this worship service specifically, it is on our heart to engage about how we see and how we are perceiving things. Because if I perceive that Yahweh wants me to prove that I love him, or if I perceive that I have to get to him and I have to get clean and I have to have it all together and if I, if I have that perception of him, then that is the place or the, the realm that I, that's the position of my heart when I engage with him, which is I suck. I can't believe I shouldn't even, who am I? I don't, you know, all those thoughts, right? If that is my perception of him, then that is where I will worship from. So tonight, as we engage and as we um, worship him, what, what I see him doing is pulling each of us so close because he wants to redeem your perception of him or redeem how certain things that you've thought or certain things that you've felt or, or even um, circumstances or situations that you face that taught you something. Because all of life is teaching us something. That there are two fathers. There is Yahweh and there is another father that is trying to father you and trying to steal your DNA. He is trying to multi multiply himself on you just as much as as Yahweh is, is wanting to restore the fullness of himself in you. So <clears throat> I see tonight there is such a like, um, there's an extreme intimacy and extreme like sweetness. I felt like this earlier today when I was just like envisioning tonight, it's like I literally saw him like at the door, just waiting for you to knock, waiting for you to just present what you have on your heart, waiting for you because 2020 was a big year in revelation for our family that there was a lot of revelation that came. There was a lot that the Lord poured out and he has even more to pour out to you this year. That there is even more that he is administering to his people, that there is even more that he wants to deliver, that there is such a like, uh, this house is anointed for revelation, that there is such an outpouring of, of a newness and there's, there's even more. And so if my perception of him is still that he's hard-hearted or that he's annoyed or that he, or even that he doesn't pay attention or that others don't pay attention or that people that are around me don't love me or the, the thoughts that we can have, the struggle that we can have to to know him in his fullness. What I saw for tonight was that he is, that there is like a balm of healing in this house to restore where you have thought wrong and where you were lied to or where circumstances taught you different about who he is.
很厉害。So if the literal definition of worship is just to bow down. Then there's something that happens when you bow down, and I don't just mean like in the physical, like okay, for the next half hour we're all gonna just get on our knees, and it's actually to like lay prostrate, not even just to bow, but like to get as low as you possibly can. There is something that happens when we get low. There's something that happens when we allow our mind, or our perception of Him, or our thoughts about Him to get low. Meaning, the the tragedy in your life that taught you something about who He is. If you let that tragedy get low, so He can bring you up to give you a perspective, because He has a perspective about what happened. Which is so beautiful about this family because if we do anything, it's that it's pressing through to hear what he has to say about the things that feel like there's nothing he could say, and yet it's those things that he has the most to say about. Because it's those things, it's the tragedies, it's the traumas, it's the misunderstandings, it's the abuse, it's the things that happen, that that have the deepest revelation of His goodness and His character and who He is, and and fellowshipping with Him in those places that, but we have to get low, meaning if I position myself accusatory, I'm not humbling my thought about what happened. Or why that happened, or where I am, or why I'm here. So worship. <laughs> When I bow down, I lay hold of, and I don't let go of. When I bow down, I lay hold of, and I don't let go of life everlasting. Life in every dimension. Life in the fullness of intimacy. Fully and in, when I bow down, I'm fully and completely yoked together in His breath, the breath that holds up the universe. That is what happens when we bow down. That we have the fullness of life, the fullness of His breath, the fullness of being intimate, the fullness of 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 that proximity to Him. That worship is the most powerful action. Yeshua, this like our Savior, said, "I can do nothing on my own." Yeshua Himself, literally the like the Word manifest, the the Emmanuel, the God. 
that created you, that created us, said, I can do nothing on my own. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And then he tells us, he tells you, this family, this people, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I send you. That as we bow down, as we perceive correctly, as we see right, it's, it's in worship that he like, that this miracle, that that, the power of worship is that miracle that I can lay hold of it and not let go. It's literally like the actual letter is shin, which is like teeth, like a dog bearing down when he gets his, his teeth in something and he doesn't let it go, that I will not let go of life everlasting in every dimension, the fullness of intimacy being yoked together the fullness of being yoked together <laughs> thank you that in worship that's where that happens which is why it's not here oh i mean it's here but it's at home it's while you're doing the dishes it's while you're on your way to work just bowing that thought down it's bowing my opinion down. It's bowing my judgment down. It's bowing my mindset down. It's, this is supposed to look like this. I'm supposed to feel like this. I'm supposed to have this response. You didn't talk to me about this. You didn't respond like you should have with this. It's bowing all of that down so that he can redeem it, so that he can pull it close, so that he can give you his character, so that he can give you his word on what you're wrestling with <laughs> and it's in that it's in the the yoking it's in the yoking that we have the fullness of his breath which holds up the universe it's the it's creation it's his living letters that's his breath it's everything that he is breathing into you and you breathing it out it's the answer to everything. It's literally the answer to everything, to every problem, to every circumstance, practical or spiritual, emotional or earth. That his breath is the answer. So it doesn't look a certain way. It doesn't have to talk a certain way. It's not. That's why it's so multidimensional. That's why it's you can engage with a flag. You can engage. That's why we get so weird around here. Because it's you're engaging something that's beyond your capacity to understand. Because it's doing something. The more that you... You become what you behold. So if I'm engaged, meaning if, I, if my attention is on, if I'm staring at, if, I'm, if I am interacting with, if I am giving my attention to something, I am going to become that. So interacting and engaging and, and putting my mind on his breath looks very different. It is not three songs 
and two of them are fast. <laughs> For those of us who went to church, <laughs> it's not, it's not even music. Music wasn't added until David, which was thousands of years in. The first time worship is even mentioned is when, is, is when Abraham sacrifices Isaac and he says, we're gonna go over there and we're gonna worship, which means all he said was, I'm gonna take my son and I'm gonna go over there and bow down. Meaning I'm gonna lay it all down. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna lay my thoughts down because there's something else that he wants to give you instead of that thought. And he does that in this kind of environment. He does that when you're just, when you start getting soft and you start letting him, letting him close, letting his thoughts close, letting, letting his embrace get close that he can change, he can shift your perspective, he can heal your mind, he can, he can do anything when we bow down. That's why worship is the most powerful and the most sacred and the most, uh, I mean, of course, my heart is in worship, so I'm sure that I'm, there's other mosts. <laughs> but for me, worship is the most, it's the most beautiful thing I have because it's all I have is to bow down. Even Yeshua said himself, I can do nothing. If he said that, then, then who do I think I am that I can do something? So worship is the most powerful tool. It's the most, it's the biggest expression of who I am, is to bow myself, is to, to lay my thought down and allow him to have a thought which again means it, it's not, that's why it looks weird because it doesn't, it's not logical. It doesn't make sense that an action could produce. It doesn't make sense that, that if I wave a flag that it's doing anything, our, our mind gets in the way, which is the very thing that he wants to heal and restore is your perception or your mindset or your judgment, even of yourself, which is our worst. That's our worst one is our own judgments and our own, con our, our conceptions, <laughs> preconceptions of ourselves. And well, I can't get a flag. That's embarrassing. I can't be at the front. <laughs> the things that the mindsets, our own ways that we judge ourselves, that that's why worship is so powerful because it lays it all down that I'm, I'm no longer allowed to have a judgment or have a mindset or have a, an opinion even about myself. That I do nothing without him, that I can do nothing, which means everything comes from him. It's not that Yeshua literally couldn't do anything. It was that he didn't do anything without him. Meaning there is a word fashioned for you. There is a scroll over your life. There is before you were even conceived, he knew you and he wrote about you just like he did Yeshua on his life on earth, that he had a scroll for him, 
that he had a plan, that he had a purpose. So it's us constantly laying down my agenda and laying down my perception so that I can yield to his, what he wrote. And all of that happens in worship. All of that happens when I grab that flag and I make a fool of myself. All of that happens because I'm, I'm putting an action to something that is, is forcing my decision. It's like, if I don't put an, if I don't put an action, then it's dead, then it's not real. But if I put in action, it forces my flesh down. It forces my mind. It, it forces me to get into alignment. So again, that's why it's weird. That's why we don't look normal. That's why we're, we, we don't, um, yeah, have two songs and a slow one. Because I'm after something for us I'm at, I'm I'm most importantly creating an environment for his presence to dwell and his presence comes and but we create that environment we create that place we establish we we tune in we attract it you are his image you are his mirror he is attracted to what looks like him Meaning he, he comes because he made you in his image. He wants to be close. But if I'm refusing the scroll and if I'm refusing his perspective, then he can't, then I'm shutting the door in his face. So the power of worship as a family is that we just let ourselves get quiet, that this house is safe to it's a safe place to be able to engage with him so tonight his presence is here and it's intimate and he came bearing oil of healing for your mind that he wants to give you new eyes and new vision, or I should say, he wants to restore his original envision that got stolen from you. Whether it be about him, about yourself, about your relationship to other people, about your relationship to leaders, your relationship to siblings, that he wants to restore your vision which is why he wants to be close because healing healing only comes when you're moved with compassion and I just feel him like moved I'm sorry I'm so emotional tonight I just feel him moved by your by your life and there's more for you there's more for this family. There is more for him to trust you with and that there is more of himself that he wants to give you this year. But if we're not seeing right, then we can't get, we can't receive what he has. 
I shared a testimony at Legacy Builders, which if you don't know, that's a home church that Tyler and Missy host once a week. And I shared a testimony about how I saw it. There was a time in my life of he revealed to me how I saw him. And it was in an intense, horrible season. And I saw him standing in my kitchen and he was like skinny, malnourished, and annoyed. Annoyed at me. He was annoyed that I needed him. Like that's how I saw, that. that is how I saw the father that he was annoyed with me. And slowly as he has trans, he literally has healed my mind that I do not see him that way. And then all my circumstance, circumstance lined up with how I saw him versus waiting for, all right, Lord, you don't heal. My son's still sick. Like, meaning looking to your circumstances for validation of his character or looking to another person to validate who you are or looking to the outward to determine the truth of who he is. That it's backwards. When we, when we allow him to transform our mind about, how, about who he is, about how we see him, then everything else lines up. If you're looking to circumstances or looking to a certain relationship or looking to something to determine your value, it will never come. And that is why tonight is close and intimate because there's, it's like he came with healing in his wings and he's ready to just heal whatever is blocking your ability to see who he is and see his heart for you. That there are major things that can make us believe lies about what he thinks or what he thinks about you or how he sees you. And our perception is so powerful because it's, it is our perception that is a gatekeeper for our life. My perception, if I perceive, if I believe, if I have a filter that I always get the short end of the stick, if I have a filter, right? This is not new. Nothing I'm saying tonight is new. We know all this. If I have a filter that I always get the short end of the stick, no one loves me, no one talks to me, then that is what will keep happening because of my perception, because literally I can't see anything else. It's not because that is actually what's happening, it's because that's all I can see. We, it is a real thing that we become blind to aspects of who he is or what he has. So let's just, um, So we're just going to start engaging in worship and we're going to, this is not a, again, right? It's he responds to us moving. We have to decide to bow down. We have to decide to position our heart to worship him. That he, he literally cannot 
meet us if we aren't, if we don't let them, which is all about how our heart is positioned. So we're going to start with this song about how he's with us. And all these songs tonight are like gushy and we don't normally always roll with songs that are like super um, that way. But he picked those those songs out specifically because, because he wants to get close, because he wants to heal some things because of what's coming. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.